Calling all mothers. With mom's special day right around the corner, we wanted to introduce you to a great way to make that day even better with a little bit of Cubs memorabilia. We're having a mother's only raffle for an autographed baseball by none other than everybody's favorite center fielder, Ian Happ. The only catch, you have to be a mother to enter. That's it. Any mother can enter this contest by simply sharing an episode of our podcast and tagging David, Frank, or the podcast's Facebook page in the description. For every episode you share, you'll get one ticket put into the drawing with the winner being announced on, you guessed it, Mother's Day. Sharing is limited to one episode per day and you can only share each episode one time. So share early and share often. Best of luck and an early happy Mother's Day for all the moms out there. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Mistaken Identity Podcast with uh, David and Frank. David, how's it going today? It is going great. I am sitting back uh, at home watching some of the NFL draft, just uh, hanging out. How you doing today, buddy? Good, good. I got a very, I got, a, I got a story I want to tell you about. Um, uh, and I don't have kids of my own, but I, I have adopted. I guess you could say some kids, and uh, I know you, one of your kids. Um, has been linked up with the Rizzo Foundation for my last Zoom. So I'm going to let you bring up that. But I want to tell you this quick story about Jordan Burks, who you may or may not know. He's somewhat of a hothead sometimes on uh, social media. Um, but there are two staff members at Wrigley, both being with the letter J, Justin and Jordan, who I've known since they were kids. I've known Justin since he was a newborn from the hospital. I've known Jordan since he was a child. Um, and they now work at Wrigley, uh, they've been there for about like two years or so. Um, but Jordan during the pandemic uh, has actually, I noticed a change and uh, uh, going through somewhat of a like depression that I'm not used to because Jordan was a lively kid bouncing around, annoying the heck out of me, driving me up a wall and then finding a new wall and driving me up that wall. Um, but things have changed during the pandemic. Uh, he's not close with his parents, but he's extremely close with his grandmother. His grandmother just passed. Um, so he's even more somewhat dejected uh, and even more closer to me now. Um, but I noticed a difference in him recently because he didn't even tell me he was graduating from college. He's so depressed that he doesn't care like, it's not a big deal to him that he's graduated from college. Like, everybody that graduates from college usually is excited about it. But he's in this mindset with the grandmother passing and pandemic and whatever, that uh, college graduation is not even uh, important to him. Now, last week, uh, he was depressed, and I know he likes new things. So I sent him a drone so he can learn how to use it. That would get him, you know, he likes TikTok and all that kind of stuff. So send him a drone, figuring that out, the camera. Uh, and then he posted about his graduation yesterday. And I'm like, Jordan, why didn't you tell me that you were graduating from college in a few days? And he's like, I just don't care. Like, it's just not a big deal. It's like, he's just, he's caught in something that I'm just not used to. This is a bubbly kid, as you know, on Facebook, arguing about Black Lives Matter. <laughs> that's, usually, that's usually how he is. He's turned into this person that just, I don't even recognize anymore. Um, so I'm like, you know what? Um, I'm going to send you a card for your graduation. I know you don't care about it. It's not a big deal. So he's expecting a card, but I really sent him an iPad, the newest version. So hopefully um, him getting an iPad instead of a card will like jolt his spirit back in some kind of way because he likes that kind of stuff. Um, I can't even get him to come back to Wrigley right now. He wants to eventually. He just, grandmother passed and everything's going on. I just... Not the same kid. So um, that was my day today was, uh, you know, trying to get Jordan out of this. Hey, you graduated from college. Everybody can't say that. And he was just not really. Mm, it's just college. I mean, so uh, now that I've depressed everybody, let's go to you and talk about, um, <laughs> you know, because you've got kids that people have heard in the background, but they don't know too much about your kids. So I'm going to let you talk about them. Uh, well, yeah, uh, here. At home with me, I have a 16-year-old and I have a, a 16-year-old son. 
and a 10-year-old daughter and a two-year-old son, that's probably the one that's making all the noise. <laughs> um, well, it could be either one, <laughs> you know, but um, my oldest, um, and I know you hate when I do this, but thanks to you and um, your uh, connection with um, the Rizzo Foundation, um, well, let's go back a little bit. Um, a couple of years ago, uh, about what, 2017, uh, my son was diagnosed with a brain tumor. It was a germinoma. I hope I said that correctly, um, brain tumor. And it like um, really affected us in so many ways, um, mentally, emotionally, uh, financially. Uh, it was a burden. Um, so we went through the same type, type of uh, depression in a sense. Um, well, at least I did for a little bit. And um, it was a very trying time. I took off work. Um, I was managing uh, at a retail store and I had to step down from that position and take care of my son, obviously, with the um, chemo and the radiation. And it was just a nightmare. So when you do it for children, they start off at Lurie's for um, chemo. But then when you do radiation, you have to go all the way out to Warrenville because Lurie's is partnered with um, Northwestern, in a sense. and the only radiation center they have is in Warrenville. So imagine taking that trip from where I live on the west side of Chicago to Warrenville, which is like 40 minutes every single day. And then when you go there, you, you spend about 40 minutes, hour max, you know, and you're doing this every day, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Anyway, long story short, um, he is recovered. He's doing well. Um, but again, thanks to you and thanks to um, the Rizzo Foundation, um, which um, took care of us and supported us uh, through this trying time. We are doing wonderful now. We're doing much better. Things are still a little difficult. Uh, we're still trying to get back on track with some things, but uh, we're doing great. And um, thank you for everyone that um, reached out to me during that time and supported us. And I can't thank you guys enough. I can't thank you enough. Um, you know, it, it was just a, it was a long, hard journey and he's doing great now though. He's in high school. He's a sophomore. He just took his, uh, PSATs today. So, um, hopefully that turns out okay, but um, he's doing great and family's doing great. So again, thank you guys. And we appreciate you. So, uh, and, and it's not just you, but no matter how many times I tell people, I hate when people say thank you to me. I, I just, I, Everybody keeps doing it. So I'm, I'm going to just stop saying, because I hate people say, Frank, thank you for this. Or Frank, you're doing a great job. Like I, that bothers I don't know why. That just, I, I just hate hearing things about myself. And people people continue to do it. So I'm going to stop arguing. Maybe, maybe I'll stop making a big deal about it. People stop doing it. But uh, yeah, because, anyway. I mean, if I, if, if, I didn't, if I didn't reach out, well, if you didn't reach out to me and we kind of connected, you, you know my, my story. <laughs> I mean, I was just being honest. I mean, you know the story. So I wouldn't have connected with, the Rizzo Foundation through our contact um, and shout out, she knows who she is. So um, I've seen her at the ballpark. I've seen the family. I've seen, you know, but obviously if we're working. We can't have that type of interaction. We're too busy. They're too busy. They're working on other things. And when they're out there, they're on the field working with their, you know, you know, other clients and things of that nature. So without you, with that, that with that bridge, I mean, I'm just being honest. I mean, it, it wouldn't have happened. Just, just being honest. So, you just gotta take it, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so I said all that to start off this session because I wanted people to see that you can't really tell what is going on with anybody uh, based off of what you see every day behind the scenes. There's a lot going on that you don't know anything about, and that leads me to our guest uh, today, who uh, we all saw back in January and uh, things changed uh, for her as well. Um, and I have had, it's funny because I hate people thank me, but uh, she has been great for me since she left as if she's never, as if she's still my boss. <laughs> uh, but anyway, let's welcome to the podcast, Cheryl Morley. Cheryl, how are you? Well, I am honored to be here. Um, thank you so much. And we have been in touch quite a lot, Frank, with um, our our similar interests in in podcasting and what we've been doing, and it's been, I valued our relationship and our ability to stay in touch. But I have to say, like, 
those openings, wow, like really, really touching. Frank, first of all, your your friend Jordan needs to realize that his grandmother doesn't want him to be sad. Um, every life is a lesson. And what he has to do is, is to ask his grandmother for a sign that she is still with him because she is still with him. And whether it's a, a feather, a penny, a bird, something that they had in common, if he just asks her, you know, whatever he called her, whatever name he used to send him that within a couple of days, he'll see the signs that his grandmother's still with him. And maybe that will turn him around. Your generosity of the iPad is, is incredibly touching. And when people say thank you to you, just say you're welcome. <laughs> it's, it's, it's okay. <laughs> like sometimes that's the only way that they really know how to express themselves. So just be gracious and say, you're welcome. <laughs> and, exactly. It, it is, it's, it's not a big deal. I mean, I, we know the type of person he is. He's going to be humble about it. And also, uh, real quick, um, Frank, um, you do have my address. So um, when you do send out that, you know, special gift, just remember my address. Also, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate that. Yeah, I, I'll take an iPad too. Like, if you're exactly. yeah. <laughs> why not? <laughs> and David, the story of your son, I, I, I feel so bad that I didn't know. I didn't realize, um, you know, the times that we worked together, like what an amazing story, the, the strength, the courage of your family that, you know, staying together, it's, it's an incredible thing. Again, you know, a, a life is a lesson and I'm sure going through it, it's something that you asked several times of why it was happening to your son, why it was happening to your family, but you really have to look for, you know, the messages in that and, and look at, he's, he's taking his PSATs. He's 16. He's, you know, it's, it's really special that you were able to connect with the Rizzo foundation and have them help you. But what, what strength for him to be able to overcome that and, you know, give that gift to, to you and your family. It's amazing. So thank you for sharing those stories. Thank you. Um, yeah, he, he was a ball of courage. I don't know how, if, like I always tell people, if it was me, I don't know how I would have got through that, but he handled it well, he handled it like a champ. And let me, um, just say this to you real quick. And I'm being totally honest. I'm not blowing any smoke up your tailpipe or anything like that. I'm just going to be honest. The one thing I can say about you, you didn't know this situation and you were always busy. You're always on the go. You're always busy running around. But the one thing I can always say, you were always so nice to me. You always stopped and said, hello, how you doing? Even if you had to run and run, like most of the time, I'm not going to lie. You were always running to the elevator. <laughs> so you run to the elevator <laughs> And I'm like, hey, Shirley, hey, how's it going? And you speak real quick and then you keep moving, you know. But I can always, like, you're you're like a person that epitomizes respectability and professionalism. And I really, truly appreciate you for that. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that. You know, I learned from uh, Patty Legatuda that, you know, she said you have to learn something about everybody every day. Like, take one person and talk to them and learn something you don't know. And, you know, she said that when I first started being a supervisor and I thought that was the greatest takeaway of working with a team of 300 people. I mean, it's, you know, you might not remember everybody's name at that the moment because there's eight Bobs, you know, but to be able to sit and talk to them and find something out about, that person is, you know, that's Patty's legacy. And it's, it, it really is, is a gift to be able to, to share that and to take the time to just, you know, it, it's wonderful. And my mom always told me that if you can use somebody's name, when you're talking to them, it makes them feel like you actually are engaged in the conversation. And then what Patty taught me about, you know, getting to learn something about somebody, it, all of those things go hand in hand. And it's, it, like you said, it's sometimes it's just a quick conversation, but that quick conversation could change somebody's day. You just never know, you know, yep. we've all had bad days at the ballpark and maybe just five seconds in, in the hallway, right into the elevator and getting a quick laugh in is what the person needs for the day. So 
Yeah, and also uh, really fast, I'm going to turn it over to Frank. Um, there was another instance where we had some kind of situation going on in the ballpark, and I know we were doing like kind of drills and like emergency planning and all this stuff. And it was a, it was like a whole bunch of chaos. But when you came around, you were the same way. You were even killed. A lot of people, they freak out. They start yelling at people and do this and do that, and, you know, and get in your areas and screaming. And you stayed the same way the whole time. And you just don't know how, how much that means to people just to be the same way, stay calm, stay professional, stay within yourself, and don't let the moment overextend who you are. And that's, that's a testament to professionalism. I appreciate that. Thank you. I have always had that ability where um, my adrenaline in those situations slows way down. I, I, that's just my nature of, you know, I am able to think clearly my adrenaline slows down and I'm just, I, you know, I become a leader where other people there, it's the opposite. Their adrenaline goes through the roof. And so that's just a, that's just a gift. But thank you for recognizing that. Absolutely. So although we try very hard to uh, stay away from the day-to-day stuff with the works, with the, with the job because of the policies and whatever, people would hang David and I if we didn't address the elephant in the room, which is, <laughs> and we're going to try to do this in a way that doesn't get us in trouble. But um, when our staff and people last spoke with you, you were an employee of the organization and some things have changed between then and now. And I'm sure that's the reason everybody clicked on this episode right away. <laughs> so um, in terms that are broad and safe for us, can you sort of fill us in on the changes? So um, it's kind of a, a crazy story. Um, I worked for uh, DuPage Medical Group um, when I, well, it, actually early in my career at Wrigley. I, I always have had two jobs. Um, being a paramedic, I started working with DuPage Medical Group in 2013, still worked at the ballpark. Um, I had a management role with them Um and when in 2016, when the opportunity came for me to take the EHS manager role, I left there uh, full time. I stayed on part time, which was uh, crazy because I worked part time during 2016 and 2017, which were both two playoff years. And it really wasn't fair to them that I was trying to give them time as a paramedic, but I wanted to honestly keep my skills active and I wanted to do IVs. I know that sounds like. Uh, a sick thing to most people, but you know, patient care was important to me. Um, in October of this year, they had reached out to me uh, with a job offer to return. Um, it wasn't the right time for me. Um, it wasn't the right time for um, my husband and I, what we were going through. The position that they'd offered me was was just not the right fit. It was going back to something that I had already done. Um, they came back around again. Um, the third time we talked, the the job offer was something different, and it was a um, practice manager position, uh, which different fields have different um, levels of management. And this is, you know, almost like a director position would be at, or an assistant director position, I guess, would be at the Cubs and. It's, it was everything that I never thought that I would be offered. It was everything I never thought that I would be looking for because I really wasn't job hunting. It kind of fell in my lap. And um, I will say that I have been on an incredible spiritual journey in the last year. And I felt like the universe had been knocking at my door several times. And when this opportunity presented itself. I, I took a good hard look at where I was in my life and where I was in my career and what I, where I needed to be, um, both in my career, spiritually, mentally, um, with my stress levels. And I started to explore the opportunity. And, um, again, because it wasn't something that I sought out, it was a a job that kind of came to me. I looked at it in a different way. And it's funny when I first started with them, 
I was working um, in Yorkville. It was a, a very long commute. It was, um, I was working a 24 hour schedule of 6 a.m. to 6 a.m. Um, it was just a challenging schedule. I would leave there. I would turn around. I'd go to the ballpark. I was a zombie. I was not getting a lot of sleep. And my partner actually said, Hey, did you see this job posting? This company's new. They're, you know, they're starting this immediate care thing. It's close to your house. Maybe it's something you'd be interested in. And I felt that the universe had sent that to me at the right time in my life then. And so I felt like this was just another situation where the universe was sending me an opportunity that I needed to kind of pause and internalize and meditate on and, and realize like, yes, this is, this is where I need to be. Um, I'm not going to lie. Making that choice was probably the most difficult choice I've ever made in my entire life. Leaving the Cubs, leaving my family, leaving my family of, you know, 13 years, all the people that I've shared these incredible moments with all of this time, these, these ups and downs. I just, I was talking to Joe Carter today and we were laughing because I said, you know, I always thought that Wrigley, like the staff would make a really good reality show because we've got all these, all these things that like, if somebody just took the time to film us, like we would definitely be a really good, juicy reality show. So, you know, leaving behind a lot of wonderful memories and people that I consider family and experiences that I never would have imagined would have been in my life was, was definitely a a hard decision. And my last day was full of a lot of, a lot of tears and memories and remembering and looking back. And it's, uh, it's something that, you know, is truly, truly special. And I will treasure my time with the Cubs for the rest of my life. And I hope, you know, that those relationships that I've made, those friendships that I've made, those people that I consider family will stay family. I feel like this is the best year to leave because almost everybody that you didn't expect to leave left. Uh, Cindy, Nancy, (laughs) I mean, just like (laughs) Mike Kincaid. Uh, I know. I'm just like, this is the year to go. If I'm going to go, this would be the year to go because everybody that you never thought would ever go yeah. is gone now and you can just fit right in. So, um, <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's funny because when, when Michael had said that he was leaving um, because I was in charge of our mass communication app, you know, I got a notification to remove him from the app and I reached out to him and I was so proud of him for making the choice. And, you know, these decisions like this are, are truly difficult. And I talked to Cindy when she made her decision and we had talked before she had announced it. And I mean, these are, these are life changing decisions that we make Nancy's decision to, you know, take the position in Japan. These are truly life altering decisions, but at the same time, so was deciding to work for the Cubs. Like, that changes your life in a different way and you grow into this family, but at the same time, it's, it's nights, it's weekends for eight months of the year. You live at 1060 West Edison. Literally my Google has finally realized after 14 (laughs) years that I don't live at 1060 West Edison, no matter where I was in the United States, it would always put that as my home. So (laughs) It's, you know, those are huge decisions that sometimes, you know, we don't allow ourselves to make. So having the courage to make them sometimes, you know, you need those accolades and you need the people supporting you because it's just as hard to leave as it is to, you know, to move into that role. And the one big one on my mind is um, Marty Moore, because I feel like, you know, I'm not able to check on him now because he's not, you know, Marty, Marty was supervisor. Well, he was a crowd control when I first started back in the day, but Marty Moore had like 30, 35 years. Marty didn't come back this year. No. So it's like, this is the year that, this is the year that, you know, everybody who you never, who you expected to see, they're all gone. Like this is the year. year. Yeah. That's sad. Yeah. I'll have to give Marty a call. 
Cause yeah, you're right. Like being able to check on him and just make sure he's okay. Marty's got an incredible story, an incredible life story. So you're right. Like not being able to just know that, you know, the start of the homestand, he's going to show up and you're going to see him in the the supervisor's room downstairs. That's sad. That's sad. I was just going to say real quick. Um, if anybody, you know, uh, can reach out to him or if anybody's listening to the podcast that talks to him or anything like that, just let them know that we're thinking about him, um, that we miss him and we miss all the people that didn't come back this year for whatever reasons. And um, we miss you guys. That's pretty much all. Yeah. We've all had our, our Marty search situations where somebody, you know, hadn't heard from him or somebody heard through the grapevine that something had happened and we, all the supervisors get on, you know, a text message or phone call and say like, all right, who's going to call him? Who's going to let the last time it happened? Um, it was Michael Kincaid. And he, and I talked to him afterwards. He's like, well, Marty was really happy to get a phone call and, you know, he was perfectly fine, but you know, it's, that's the family unit that people just can't conceptualize. And unless you're part of it, that it's, you know, we will, go to the ends of the earth. We'll walk the streets to find if Marty's walking from point A to point B because we need to get in touch with them. You know, it's just, that's the the intrinsic value of the connection that we will always have. Yes. Yeah, so, so I want to move to a lighter note and there is something from work that I can ask you about. And uh, you have probably the, the best viewpoint of this situation of anybody that I know, I think. And I want you to tell me about the 2016 World Series run experience for you because you were close up to it. It was um, it was surreal. It was definitely surreal. It was not something you know. I started in April, and you think, okay, the team is great, but there's no way that you can imagine that in just a couple months you're going to be planning a World Series and. It was, you know, I was, I had all the experience from working event operations, but I was hired as EHS. Um, Fortunately, James respected my security experience. So I crossed over quite a bit, but being involved with something that large and something that great, I think we all learned that like you can accomplish anything like with a good team and with communication and planning, like you literally in your life and everything you're going to do, there is nothing you can't accomplish. And, you know, it's funny and I don't want to ever use it as like a bragging situation, but, you know, in my new position, when things come up, I'm like, like, dude, we, we've, we did a world series. Like this is nothing. This is peanuts. Like we, we managed to plan a world series and have everything happen. And the, the pace was just intense. You know, I remember getting up at three in the morning so that I could get to the ballpark and work with Eddie Hoyos and Vince on, on the team bus coming in and getting the players cabs and making sure that everyone was getting home safely. And like, you know, it was just in, and people texting me, I just saw you on the five o'clock news as I was, you know, walking players back and forth to get into a cab or out of the bus or into the ballpark. It was just not something that I ever would have put myself in my mind of like, here, I'm going to be smack dab in the middle of this or being on the field and, you know, being a part of that. I, funny story, my husband and I went to um, Cooperstown. Well, I was with the trophy and my husband joined me and we had never been to Cooperstown together. He played baseball there when he was younger, but we went into a store and this lady had a picture of the first World Series game, a photograph of the first World Series game at Wrigley. And it was um, it was a panoramic picture. So you could see everything, all the outfield, all the field and everything. And we were like, oh, cool, a picture of Wrigley. And the lady brings it off the wall and she shows it to us. And she's like, isn't this amazing? Oh my God, it's the first World Series. And my husband was like, uh, my wife is right there. <laughs> pointed to me in the picture and she looked down at the picture. She looked up at me. She's like, 
oh my God, that is you. (laughs) We had to buy it because it was like, you know, we'll never experience this again. We will never experience this. And then being able to share the time with um, Julius and Mario in 2017, doing the trophy tour and ending up, you know, all over the United States with the trophy and traveling with the trophy and sitting on a plane with the trophy next to me. Like I just, there's no way that anybody can take those memories or that experience from me and how special it was and how grateful I am to have been, you know, given that opportunity or put in that situation. And, you know, I'm just, I'm humbled by the whole thing that I was able to be a part of it. And I was able to have those experiences. And it's a little weird now because I will say, even today, I I, I met a new um, paramedic that I hadn't met before. And she was like, oh, yeah, you were here. You went to the Cubs. And then she stops. And like, it's like weird that everybody knows that story. (laughs) And they're expecting me to say something more than I'm saying. And I'm like, and I'm back now, you know, (laughs) like, it's just it's part of my life. It's part of my existence. It's, but I, I don't ever want to brag about that or take advantage of what that situation was or make it look like I'm trying to show off because I was a very, very, very small piece in a gigantic puzzle where everybody worked their asses off to make sure that that ran as smooth as possible and there were so many people behind the scenes and there were so many affiliates that we worked with and, you know, law enforcement agencies and the FBI partners and MLB. And there were like everybody put so much time and energy into that. I was just one little dot on, on that, you know, that whole existence. So I, I treasure it, but it's it's not something that I ever would have imagined that my life would have been part of. So Hello, friends. Happy Friday, and welcome to everyone's favorite segment. According to a poll I conducted on my own, it's headlines and hot takes. Breaking news, everybody. Pitchers are really good. The MLB is fresh off its third no-hitter of the season already, thanks to Orioles pitcher John Means absolutely carving up Seattle in a 6 to nothing victory. Pretty solid way to celebrate Cinco de Mayo, if you ask me. 28-year-old lefty punched out 12 Mariners, and the only batter to touch a base against him actually reached after a strikeout on a wild pitch. So this is about as close to a perfect game as a no-hitter could possibly get. According to the Elias Sports Bureau, who keeps tabs on this kind of thing, this is the first pitcher to ever allow no walks, no hits, and no errors, but still not be credited with a perfect game. He also becomes the first individual Oriole to record a no-hitter since Jim Palmer way back in 1969, which snaps the longest active individual no-hitter drought for any team, although four Orioles combined for a no-hitter in a game 30 years ago. Speaking of 1969, this is also the earliest in a season that three complete game no-hitters have been thrown since then. Means joins Joe Musgrove and Carlos Rodon in the 2021 class of no-nos, and we also have to give Madison Bumgarner at least an honorable mention for his seven-inning hitless start against the Braves. All these guys were only one flaw away from perfect games in their no-hit outings, so I don't think we're too far away from actually seeing another perfect game in the majors if this trend continues. We haven't seen one since Felix Hernandez spun the gem of all gems in 2012, but pitching as a whole seems to be on a new level this season, and there's still a long way to go. Means is often overlooked, considering the Orioles are knee-deep in their rebuild, but he's been a fringy frontline starter for a few years now who offers up a similar repertoire as Kyle Hendricks. He'll only touch about 94 miles an hour on the gun, but as he clearly displayed on Wednesday, speed isn't all that matters. He's also a former 46th round, and yes, you heard that correctly, 46th round draft pick who received zero college offers to play coming out of high school, which sounds like a page out of the Alec Mills Rise from Obscurity playbook. His name was already being tossed around as a trade target for potential contenders, considering his strong start to the season, and this no-hitter will surely send his value straight into the stratosphere. Whether he sticks with the Orioles or moves on, this no-hitter was an absolute pleasure to watch, and at the very least, a wonderful silver lining to what looks like a tough season ahead for the last place Orioles. One last note from the MLB. News broke today that the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, that's a mouthful, have designated Albert Pujols for assignment, cutting ties with the former MVP in the final year of his mega deal that he signed 10 years ago. Pujols is still an undeniable first ballot Hall of Famer, even though his production has fallen off a cliff ever since he moved on from St. Louis. 
He's no longer the same guy who made 10 all-star teams, and he may not even be a viable everyday player anymore. But as much as it pains me to say this, I would love to see the Cardinals, yes, the Cardinals, buy him out for the remainder of the year so he can finish his career where he started in a more ceremonious fashion. It's always hard to stomach when a former icon fizzles out in their final years. It's happened with Willie Mays, Ron Sano, Sammy Sosa, the list goes on. I'd much prefer to watch a generational talent like this return to where they got their start and go out with a little dignity as a bench player maybe or as a role piece rather than get cut from a team and have that be the final image from them as a player, even if that means returning to a sworn rival of the Cubs. All right, as promised, I guess we'll talk about the Bulls, although I'd rather just keep my mouth closed about what's happening at this point. If you need a brief refresher, the Bulls were hanging on to the final play-in spot in the Eastern Conference with about 15 games to play. Then Zach Levine hit the health and safety protocols, and we've been watching a train wreck unfold in slow motion ever since. The Bulls have gone 4-7 and seven without their leading man, including a four-game losing streak that they'll take into play against the Hornets. Their elimination number is now just four, meaning any combination of four losses and Washington Wizards wins means that the Bulls will once again be watching the postseason from their couches. Off the back of their aggressive move for Nikola Vucevic at the deadline, the Bulls' late-season collapse means a lot more than usual. Considering how poorly they've played, they still have a chance to land a top-four pick in the lottery and retain their first-round pick this year, but there's also a 60% or so chance that those ping-pong balls bounce another way, and Orlando walks away with that pick thanks to the trade. Whether the Bulls make the playoffs or not, there will certainly be a ton of roster turnover as the front office continues their aggressive positioning as a true contender. That route would be a lot more achievable with a top pick in a loaded draft like this year's or even with a single round of playoff experience under everyone's belt. But in true Bulls fashion, they're showing everyone just how well they can screw up two divergent plans at the exact same time. All right, before we wrap up here, we have a new word of the day for Frank's 100 Toys in 100 Days giveaway. This episode, we're looking to sign up newborns to two-year-olds, and yes, soon-to-be-born babies count here as well. Go into the show notes on this episode to fill out the form with the new word of the day, which is Rizzo. R-I-Z-Z-O, Rizzo. Obviously, it'll be the adults filling out these forms on behalf of the little ones here, but if you want to nominate anybody in this category for a free toy from Frank, hop on the link in the show description and enter the word of the day in the form, which is once again, Rizzo. R-I-Z-Z-O. That's all for headlines and hot takes. Enjoy the rest of this episode. Enjoy your weekend. And of course, enjoy your Mother's Day. Um, well, Cheryl, I love you to death and you're great and you're awesome. But um, if that would have been me, <laughs> I would be bragging right now. Sorry. <laughs> I love all my coworkers. I love them. I, I appreciate everybody. I wouldn't stop talking now. If I, if I would have made it in 2016, I'd still be talking about it. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> Oh yeah. But no, that's just a testament to who you are, seriously. And um, you know, you can't have it any other way. That's that's what you were brought there to do and you made that possible. You were not a small piece. You were bigger than what you think. It's just the the humility and the grace that you show. That's why you're looking at it that way. But you play a bigger part than you can ever imagine. And that was huge because I was at home watching it when I got off work. And I'm, it was just so surreal to me. So I can't even imagine what you were going through. It, it had to be just, just an awesome feeling. It, it was amazing. And, you know, leading up to it and working with the team that we did and the, the supervising team and how strong we were. And, you know, in 2015, when we lost at home to the Mets and, or no, we won at home and we were celebrating um, we did the curtain at the time. Do you guys remember the curtain? Yeah. And I had the curtain. I think Gene was supposed to have the curtain, but he had school the next day. So I said, I'll take the curtain for you. So because you always got ended up staying late if you had the curtain and everybody was celebrating, um, with Derek on and Hannah on the concourse. And they're like, we're taking a picture. We're having all the shade. I'm like, I'm at the curtain. I am busy. I And they're like, come and have one drink or get in the picture and then walk back. And I took one picture and I went back to the curtain because I always looked at it like there's a team of people that like this is the biggest moment for them. Watching the players walk through that stupid curtain that we had to deal with. It was a big thing to people that that was their that was their world series that they got a chance on those days to watch the player walk by or, or, you know, 
maybe get a high five from somebody. We didn't talk to the players. We weren't allowed to, but being in that curtain and being able to walk through there, protect the players for that 30 seconds that they walked through, that was important. Like those small moments make everybody feel like they're a part of it as well. And so, you know, I wasn't going to turn around and leave and go, you know, have my drinks on the concourse while my curtain team was, was there walking the players out and still, you know, doing their job. So all the years that led up to it, all the hard work, all the people that put their time in, you know, those are all moments that I remember and I treasure. And we were just a really, really good unit. We were a really strong team and we were able to, to make it happen. Like there's really nothing that you can't accomplish when you've worked a world series, literally. There's nothing that you can't work. As long as you have the communication with each other, there's nothing you can't accomplish. I think it must be maybe more than 500 people have tried on my World Series ring. (laughs) Really? That's awesome. Because, like, I mean, everybody, the World Series ring is, like, the best conversation starter ever. (laughs) You are right about that. You are yeah, right. And now that. yours though is probably way better than mine. <laughs> I honestly, I have not worn it very often. Um, it's in a safety deposit box. So when we first um, got them, unfortunately, my great aunt had passed away. So I wore it to the funeral to show family members, which is really morbid. Um, I wore it to a friend's wedding and a few, I, I would say probably six times total. I've worn it before it went into a safe deposit box. And as soon as like neighbors realized, oh, you work for the Cubs. I was like, yeah, let's not keep this in the house. It's just (laughs) not a smart idea. So, but I'm glad you get to share yours and being at the ballpark with fans. That makes it all the better. Yeah. So in in short, in short, her, um, her ring is bigger than yours. (laughs) <laughs> it is. I know. She didn't, want, she didn't want to admit it, but she didn't want to say it, but it is. <laughs> now, I actually, I actually just surprised a little kid with a ring. Um, we had some Zooms back in February, and there was this one kid who was on every Zoom. And uh, on uh-huh. that Zoom, I noticed him, like, who is this kid? This is a young kid. Um, so I turned his mic on. He was the last one. I turned his mic on. His name was Gus. And he said his favorite player was Rizzo. Um, so last weekend, actually, um, I had told him on the zoom, I'm going to send him a gift. So he's not going to be a baseball or whatever, but I actually was able to send him a replica, uh, world series Rizzo ring. And he went like crazy. Oh, that's awesome. And I posted the video on uh, Facebook and, uh, Instagram. I'm going to try to have Joe add the video to this, but you got to hear this young kids. Like, and it's funny because the kids, the Cubs have always been good. The Cubs, the Cubs have always been good to these these little right. kids. Yeah. They don't know. They don't know. know. All yeah. the suffering. <laughs> yeah, All the years, know. yeah. <laughs> okay, remember when we sat on that phone call? Yeah. Uh, for the Cubs? Mm-hmm. For Mrs. Schmidt and Mr. Frank? Mm-hmm. Well, this is what they sent. Now, I want you to open it up. Do you remember what he, he, told, he told you? He asked you? Who your favorite player was? Rizzo. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? It's a World Series ring. What? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Come on. Now, so this next part I want to talk about, David doesn't know this, and I purposely did not tell him about this project you have right now, but David's going to love this, though. So you now we're me and David are um, rookies at this podcasting thing. We have no idea what we're doing. Um, we're just. I beg to differ. You know what you're doing. You've got it done. Having fun. We trust me. We're just having fun doing. We, we we don't really. We just David and I had an idea to do a podcast. We didn't know it was going to get to what it is now. So um, we couldn't definitely teach anybody how to do this. But you have. Uh, dip your toe into the podcasting game too, and I want David to hear your your podcast uh, theme because it is awesome and amazing. Uh, and it shocks the heck out of me when I first heard it, but 
Uh, tell us about your podcasting project. Uh, well, I would love to. So um, I, we probably started dipping our toe into this field about the same time. Um, my best friend, she lives in LA and I have been wanting to start a podcast for a while. And um, we both have a love of the show, A Different World. And we will text each other things back and forth when we see it, when we see things on YouTube or social media. And so on a whim, I said to her, I said, let's start a podcast about a different world. <laughs> and she was like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> and so she's um, a writer, but she works in uh, corrections in LA at a juvenile hall. And I'm an artist by school, but obviously don't do that. So we both kind of don't work in our, our true passion. And so I was like, this is great because we both have artistic backgrounds that we can move into this world with. So we are starting a podcast. We've um, recorded our, our pilot. Shouts out to Joe and for you for um, leading us to Joe for helping us um, get our, our pilot recorded and out. But our podcast is called Back in the Day, and we are breaking down all of the 90s black sitcoms that we loved, like A Different World, Living Single, uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Martin. Um, those are shows that we grew up on that are still relevant today that were relevant back then. And it's a lost art for some reason. You know, the, the black sitcoms were, were great in the nineties. Everybody was doing it. I know different networks helped um, produce those shows, but it just kind of fell off and the representation of black America changed in the media. And, you know, it, it's kind of bothersome because you need the representation of people of color, of what they're experiencing, of, you know, different views of, of people of color, of how life is in college, in, after college, getting your first job, starting a family, all those things that really are completely relatable to every person, no matter where you are in the United States, no matter, you know, what race, gender you are, it's, those things are all relatable. So we're, we're taking a spin on it of a little bit of comedy, but also looking at the, the issues that they, the shows dealt with and how those were relevant then, but still relevant now. And, you know, like a different world was the first show ever to talk about AIDS. They were the first show to deal with date rape. They were, you know, um, a lot of gender issues, a lot of equality issues that just don't really necessarily get brought up in a comedy setting anymore, but it doesn't mean that because it they're, it, you know, brought up in a, comedy show that they're also not relevant. All of these shows really did a really excellent job of expressing some of these issues. And obviously those shows, you know, we have our, our favorite episodes and we have the things that we are still sending memes to each other and laughing about today, but that is, that is our focus. And uh, my friend is I'm going to be in town next week. I can't wait to see her. And we're going to do a a blast recording and get a whole bunch of uh, shows recorded in the bank. So hopefully within the next couple of weeks, we will we will be um, posting. We do have our our Twitter. Our Instagram is up. We haven't gone on Facebook yet because we want to make sure that we've got some shows to promote. But we're you know, we're saying join the posse come with us and hang and, and laugh and, you know, listen to the opinions we have. Um, we're also thinking about doing for our Patreon site is looking at movies of, of that time as well. Um, you know, and breaking down some of the movies that were, were favorites of ours. And so we're, we're really excited. It's a, it's a good outlet for both of us. We, like I said, we both have full-time jobs and, in something other than what we're doing um, or our heart's passion. So this is a good outlet for, for both of us.
Yeah, so if you want to see how our podcast is supposed to be done, you should check out theirs <laughs> because we are just amateurs that are just talking and having fun. So not at all, not at all. <laughs> you are doing amazing, and we—that's a lot of the conversations we've had over the last couple months. Of like, have you heard about this? Did you see this? Do you know how to do this? Do you know how to do that? Michael can Candace helped a lot with that too, but. You know, that's one of the things that is really great because it's keeping us connected and, and we're we're supporting each other. We're, you know, getting the word out for like, hey, have you heard about this? You know, like I'm emailing you stuff, you're emailing me stuff, we're texting each other about stuff. So and that's that's what gets it done. Now, me and David are on the same age, so he may remember this, but I remember I think it was Fridays on ABC. I think it was called TGI Friday, I think it was. And there was a show called Family Matters. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I was in love with that show. Yeah. <laughs> I love that show. Yes. Oh, we And what, that's one of the shows we're going to do because my friend has a huge crush on Jaleel White. Okay. And she's oh, uh, she, living in L.A. She's run into him several times. And so she's like, we have to get him on the Patreon. We have to interview him. I'm like, absolutely. Try, you know. Can't hurt to try. I keep telling her about all the wonderful interviews that you have and all the people that you've been in touch with. So I'm like, hey, there's no reason that we can't try this as well. And then uh, I'm going to David to his favorite shows. But now it's kind of controversial, but I love the Cosby show. I'm sorry, but uh, uh, Claire Huxtable, too, yeah. you know, <laughs> getting people together and her smart, like to see a lawyer and a doctor in this huge house, like, the Cosby Show for me was must-see TV. Oh yeah, whenever it came on, um, and I, I wish that there was more for this generation to see the Cosby Show because there's no equivalent that I know of of a, of a wealthy black family on TV primetime that you can watch like the Cosby Show. So uh, that was my go-to um, back in the day. Exactly. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. And um, honestly, I don't feel bad about it because, I mean, we didn't know the issues that that certain person had. We're just kids. We're just enjoying television. You know, that's the only thing we did back then. We didn't have the Internet and we didn't have iPads and cell phones. And I mean, I could barely dial on the rotary phone that we had. So I'm like, <laughs> we didn't have any, you know, we didn't talk to anybody. Your mom wouldn't let you use the phone after seven o'clock and all this stuff. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I mean, it's like, and I, um, I don't know if you know, I, um, oh, what's this? Do you remember uh, Rock? Oh, yes. yeah. Yes. I, I love that show. show. I love it. I loved him. <laughs> Didn't he pass? Yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah, I loved him, though. I think he did, yeah. He was amazing. Yeah, yeah I, I loved him. And it's funny, we found a lot of shows that we might not call, like, our top three or four, but we've found episodes of shows that were like, this is a great show. Like this, this episode touches on X, Y, or Z, whatever. So we've, we've got about 10 shows in our queue that we're, that we're utilizing for the podcast. And we're pretty much open to, to anything as long as it's, you know, not all of them are going to be heavy and weighty, but we also don't want to ignore the issues that are also underlying in, in some of these shows, because that's what makes them so relevant. That's why they still are on television. Now that's why VH1 is playing a whole day of Fresh Prince of Bel Air, or they're playing, you know, like eight episodes in a row of living single, because that was living single was friends before friends was friends. Living single started first, and it was all about the people after you graduated college, starting your first job, making your way in the world. And that was, you know, Queen Latifah's dream is to have this show. And then Friends came after and became, yeah. you know, blew up and became what it was. But there's there's other shows that paved the way and, you know, talked about those important issues and had great comedy, yeah. great comedy. Now, I was at a friend's house uh, one day. Uh, uh, well, I was I had pneumonia. I was sick, and I couldn't. Um, I really Why were you out of the house if you had pneumonia? No, well, I, I was there. I was there. I think I was in um, Seattle for like two months. I think it was. Oh, okay. Uh, visiting a friend. I took the Amtrak for three days. Took from here to California for three days on Amtrak, um, and I was because I wanted to be in the West Coast. But I, I had caught pneumonia. I guess it was raining there all the time. Seattle was weird weather, but. Um, 
Sorry, I didn't mean to get all paramedic. No, it's good. No, it's fine. That's a good question. Uh, but it was, um, and I couldn't, he went to work. Um, him and his wife, um, they went to work. So I didn't, couldn't move, couldn't do anything. And uh, they only had one DVD collector set. And it was a girlfriend. I'm like, I'm like I don't want to watch this. It's going to be boring. Like, what, what could I possibly get out of that? But I was, I didn't want to get up. I just wasn't feeling, I didn't have the energy to get up at all. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to watch this girlfriend's because I don't have anything else to watch. I'm in Seattle. I don't know what's going on. I'm sick. So I put it in. I ended up watching it in like three seasons of Girlfriends, <laughs> not knowing that it's something that guys can watch and love. Yeah, it's a great show. That was pretty good. I got to yeah, say. <laughs> as soon as I told my mom we were doing this podcast, she's like, oh, you have to have girlfriends. She's like, I love that show. <laughs> and it's out of our 90s time frame. It goes right, into yeah. 2000. So we have to, yeah. you know, look at what our, our range is. Although Different World started in uh, late 80s. So we have to have our range. But right. great show. Definitely a great show. Shout out to Tracy Ellis Ross because she's in that as well. And yeah, she's wonderful. Now, so if folks wanted to find uh, you, your podcast, uh, and we're going to share it on ours as well. Uh, I'm all about crop promoting. But if folks wanted to find your podcast, what platforms, what do they go to? So we are right now, we haven't um, posted anything yet. I will definitely um, put that on my social media, but it's um, back in the day is the name of the podcast. We are on Instagram. We are on Twitter right now, soon to be on uh, Facebook. And our pilot will most likely be dropping um, next Friday, which I don't know what date that is. But um, like I said, we've got it recorded. Um, We're just making sure that everything is Perfect. Joe has been wonderful helping us edit. And we want to make sure that the um, pilot episode, which is short and gives a little like coming attractions, doesn't go out too fast before we can get some of the other episodes out. But we are we're our host is Spreaker. I think I mentioned that. And it's um, podcast back in the day is what we are on all platforms. So any social media platform, it's podcast back in the day. We got a really fun logo. We're working on some other, um, some fun things like you're doing with some of the graphics and everything. So it's, it's great to like collaborate with all these really creative people that are, are just amazing. And I know I'd said this to you earlier, like when I was in art school, like I never would work where I am right now, this, that my whole life would have been different if we had all these opportunities. Cause I just would have been creating like for everybody, like this is, this is amazing. So it's really good to work with a lot of these, these creative people, but um, podcast back in the day, again, is Twitter and Instagram. And um, I will probably put something on Cubs coworkers uh, in the Facebook group, just so that we can announce that launch. And then all of my other um, outlets on social media, it will be, it will be there as well. So you'll, you'll hear about it, but figure like in the next two weeks, we'll, we'll start to get it out. So uh, tell David and everybody else what happened the first time you heard our theme song. (laughs) (laughs) So this is the funniest story. So I spent probably four days going through all of these sites with, um, music that you can use. It's a very, very regulated aspect of the podcasting world is music and, you know, it's licensing and et cetera. And I sat in our kitchen and I would, I probably had like 20 songs and I would ask my husband, what do you think about this one? He'd give me his opinion. And I narrowed it down to four songs and I sent it to my podcasting partner and we chose this one song. We're like, yes, that's totally it. It's totally our vibe. I love it. Yada, yada. So we started recording some, um, just, we, we wanted to see how we gel. Obviously you guys understand that you've got to feed off each other. And so we started doing zoom recordings and stuff and I put them on Spreaker and I was, um, like basically storing all these shows on Spreaker in the morning. I wake up, I, I'm a little bit addicted. So I put my speaker on, I put a podcast on, I get showered and ready and everything. So I put the podcast on and I get in the shower and I'm like, wait a minute, am I playing my Spreaker song? (laughs) What, what's going on here? Like, what did I just play? And all of a sudden Frank's voice started. I said, 
they stole our song. I'm like, I don't believe this. They stole our song. <laughs> so I, I got out of the shower. I stopped it. I go back. I, I'm looking at my phone. Like, this is like not happening. I can't believe this. The first person I text is Frank. And I was like, you're not going to believe this, but we chose the same song. I, wow. I sent it to my, my friend, Tanya. And she, I literally thought I was listening to one of the recordings that I had done. I could not imagine, like, how weird is it that yes. the four of us all chose yes. the same, all of these yes. songs, these millions <laughs> of songs in the universe, we chose the exact same song. Yes. So I tell her this, and I'm going to be honest with you, I'm sorry. She's like, those bastards, they stole our song. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, they didn't know, like, but I was like, this is, this is awful. What do we do? And she's like, I don't know. So I'm like, well, we've got to pick a new song, but we're, we're like, well, let's see how it goes. Like, so literally every time I would turn on the podcast, I would listen to see like, is it the same song? Is it not the same song? We fortunately with her being in LA, she started working with somebody that's trying to create a little bit of a, a parody mix of some of the theme songs. But that that moment, I was like, literally in shock, like, <laughs> and, and it shocked me because we, we chose the same song, but like the fact, and I told Joe this as well, shout outs to Joe, our editor, but I was like, you're not going to believe this, but we literally chose the same song, David and Frank, me and Tanya, the four of us for <laughs> our two separate podcasts, both starting, we were both literally starting in the same month, yeah. chose the same song. And I was like, well, they beat us to the punch because they got it out there before we did. So here we are. And the funny thing is that, uh, you know, Corey is working on a personal one, but with lyrics for us in it. So pretty soon, neither one of us will have that song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a great song, though. It really is a great song. And shouts to whoever produced it or created that. But I mean, literally the the irony of that and like the kismet of the whole thing and I I, I remember just stopping short of like what did I just turn on why is there our song playing it because you know you you record and you listen yeah. to it so it becomes part of your your memory and it's it was just it was so that morning was just so weird and I remember texting you Frank and being like you're never going to believe this <laughs> we literally chose the exact same song. Yes. I was gonna, I was gonna say I can, I can picture Cheryl just getting ready for the day, and she hears the beat. She's nodding to the beat. And the next thing yeah. you know, she hears his voice. It's like, "Welcome to mistaken identity." <laughs> like, what? Yeah, it was all of a sudden it was Frank's voice, and I was like, "That's not my voice." What's going on? Yeah, it was great. It was great. And but kudos. I mean, and that shows me that we are like both on the same wavelength. Like we are you know, it's just, it's awesome that as we're both doing this, we both chose the exact same song. I think it's amazing. Which, which makes me think, you know, I, I I'm a huge, and I'm missing it right now, but I'm a huge Grey's Anatomy fan. Me and too. Uh, Grey's Anatomy does a lot of uh, crossover shows with uh, Station, whatever. And um, I was just thinking right now, like with the song thing, that we should do a crossover. Oh yeah, we'll definitely have to podcast, do a crossover. Um, you know, one day, um with you all and vice versa we gotta we gotta do a crossover one day when people can listen to the same episode on both shows that'd be kind of yes. cool that would be amazing i love that Ooh, idea yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we'll have to do an episode of girlfriends or something yeah. <laughs> yes um well and this has been can, if you can uh if you can uh see if you can work your magic with um tracy ellis ross i would love that Ooh, yes. oh yeah yeah I, I would love to interview her. I'm a, a huge fan. Um, Pattern Beauty is her hair product company, and we're trying to get her to be a, or well, the company to be a sponsor. Um, we're we're being being very very thoughtful about the sponsors that we're reaching out to to be part of it. But you know, I I love her, and and we've identified people that we want to interview: Debbie Allen, Tracy Ellis Ross. But you know. Obviously, like 
Jasmine Guy and Kadeem Hardison from uh, a different world would be ideal. But, you know, we've 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 got we're shooting. We're shooting very high and we're, we're going to try to get those things to happen. Now, uh, Tracy, Tracy Ellen Ross is supposed to be in the black version of the Golden Girls. Yes. Um, so that should be pretty good. Because I, I love the Golden Girls as it is now. But um, she is. Yeah, she's gonna, she's a, she's pretty good. She's going to be in the black version of that. Yeah. Yeah, she's amazing. Yes. Well, this has been absolutely uh, amazing. Uh, obviously, we're gonna have to have um, uh, you back for more things, and of course, the crossover. Um, so, Daryl, Daryl, look at Daryl from. I, I meant to say David and Cheryl, but I said Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> David, I'm sorry. Joe can edit that out. Not a big deal. Yes. Uh, David, any. Final words uh, for today. Uh, just once again, thank you so much for everything you've done for me personally. Um, I really appreciate you. Um, I learned some new things about you, and that's amazing. And I wish you the best in your career and your podcast. And I'm a big supporter, so I'll always be there. And um, thank you again. I really appreciate you. Thank you. And Anna, this was just an honor to be on with you guys and to be able to have this time. You know, the the time that we caught up before we started recording was incredibly special as well. You know, that's what I'm saying. These relationships that we build from working with the Cubs organization, it's it's just something that nobody will truly ever understand. And, you know, I know that there's no matter what, we will always be friends. We will always be close. We will always support each other in, you know, our business efforts and our life and our family. And there's a, never a time of day that, you know, I can't reach out to you guys. And I hope you feel the same that, you know, you can always reach out to me as well. I, I can't wait till I can get back to the ballpark. I don't think I'll probably watch the game. I think I'll spend the whole time talking, but you know, it was honor. It was an honor to be here with you guys and catch up with you. I really, really, truly mean that. All right. Well, thank you all for listening to us and we will catch you all on the next episode of the Mistaken Identity Podcast. Hey, guys, this is Joe Flaherty with the Mistaken Identity Podcast. As always, we want to thank you for listening. If you appreciate the work we're doing here, please drop us a rating, a review, a like, a share, a smoke signal, maybe whatever you can do to help us get the word out, help us keep growing. And of course, as a disclaimer, we want to add once again that the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely our own, and we do not speak for or on behalf of the Chicago Cubs or any other organization. Stay safe, and we'll catch you next time.